Good morning. Happy Monday, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Monday, March 13th, and today we are reading in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous in Bill's story on page 13, that last paragraph down at the bottom. Today's readers are, and thank you so much for your service, Meg F., Becky K., Wendy M., Libby E., and Mara Z. The reference numbers for yesterday's special edition for March 12th is 9714, and the number code for this morning's 7 a.m. Vision for You meeting is 9716. So that's 9714 for yesterday and 9716 for this morning, 7 a.m. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition state states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that the people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Libby E. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Libby. Thank you, Amy, for your service. Good morning. I'm Libby, compulsive eater in New York. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Libby. I will now ask for Mara Z to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Mara. Good morning, Amy. Thank you for your service. 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. 
Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, O-Readers Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, O-Readers Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Maura. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topics. The meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. And please don't use speakerphone because that causes uh, an echo. Today, we resume our study in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous in Bill's story on page 13 at the bottom of the paragraph, I mean bottom of the page, that last paragraph. And I'm going to ask Meg F. to please begin reading. Go ahead, Meg. And Meg, press star one, please. be heard, Amy? Now I can hear you. Hi, it's Meg F. Recovered in Northern California. Good morning. My friend promised when these things were done, I would enter upon a new relationship with my creator, that I would have the elements of a way of living which answered all my problems. Belief in the power of God, plus enough willingness, honesty, and humility to establish and maintain the new order of things were the essential requirements. Simple, but not easy. A price had to be paid. It meant destruction of self-centeredness. I must turn in all things to the Father of the Light, who presides over us all. Wow. It uh, it touches me. Um, 
it touches me. Hi, good morning, everybody. I uh, enter upon a new relationship with my creator. This is hard for me. It's all been pretty hard for me. In some ways, I've had one of those relationships with God that's quite dramatic, and um, I feel like I've had a lot of spiritual awakenings, and that has been a wonderful thing. But a relationship, a consistent, something that you count on, something that has the elements in it, you know, elements being like the building blocks of a way of living. This time around, I've been in program many, many decades. This time around, with a vision for you, I have been listening and and discussing with a sponsor things about me in, in a different way. And I've heard it differently. That's all I can say. So it, originally, food was my helper and, and my solace and what I went to for comfort. Um, it was available to me. It was a, a something I could grab onto and that I could count on. I could open the cellophane bag, as it were. I could do whatever I needed to kind of get through rather than lean into a different kind of relationship, use different elements to build my day. And I've always heard and I've always sort of understood being one of six Lots and lots of my life story is about self-centeredness and feeling selfish or underfilled or lacking. And so uh, wanting more, feeling unprotected. So the self-centeredness was defensive and many things, but self-centeredness was the price. I must turn in all things to the father of the light, a destruction of self-centeredness. So whenever anybody said self-centered, I would hear the story of my life having, you know, being too loud in a group of six. Um, and I heard that my self-will ran riot. I heard that my self-will ran riot. It was always sort of a, a mean thing to say about myself or to feel badly about. It was very different than that God's will was going to be the alternative rather than that I was wrong and I had too much selfishness and self. It was just that I was on the wrong path and that God's will would be much, much more useful and possible and creative. And this time around, literally after probably eight, probably eight, fourth steps, fifth steps, I heard my sponsor just say, Oh, self will, self will, you know, like, and she was saying it in such a kind way that I just knew that there was an alternative. It was just a fact. It was just that that was self will rather than God will. It wasn't a criticism. I found that really, really, really special. Um, I want to end with, I was listening to somebody who has 30 years in program. She's been at her goal weight for 15 of those years. She has an exercise program. And she looked amazing at the birthday party for OA and laughed so hard. I like so attracted to her because she was laughing so hard at the comedy show. So I asked for her number and we got to be friends. And she was listening to me describe being afraid. And she just said, my God, you know, like to go out into the world without trusting God first, to like open the door on your own without God, like that's terrifying to me. And uh, I agree. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Meg. Who would like to share on what was read? Please chime in. Melanie C. Mel C. Becky K. Becky K. 
Colleen R. Kathy Joe. Colleen R. Kathy Joe. Anybody else? Valerie H. Okay, so Valerie H. Let's go with that. Mel C., Becky K., Colleen R., Kathy Joe, and Valerie H. Go ahead, Melanie. Hi, Amy. Thanks for your service. Melanie C. here, Recovered Compulsive Overeater calling in from Oregon. My friend is, this is a reflection that Bill W. is taking on uh, what was going on between him and his friend, Ebby Thatcher, who brought him this good news. And the thing that's happening here is there was a promise, something that Bill could hang on to um, against what he had come to. And that's where he was at when Ebby came to see him. And um, that is a huge, huge bit of hope. And that the idea that I would have a relationship was something that was going to transform me was the other bit of hope. I was going to, from whatever I thought that I knew before in terms of maybe a God or something like that, would become brand new. It would be a rebirth and that's where freedom is. And I was going to be given elements, tools and steps in which I could answer all of my living problems. That was my problem as I had a problem with living. And my goodness, that's a lot of powerful punch within this. And if you've ever had an opportunity (laughs) for you and I to speak um, by phone, this is my go-to every time. This is what I use every single day of my life, every single day of my life, because I will get lost, I will get turned around, I might get a little lethargic, I might drop some things. But this piece is my promise and hope that is absolutely knitted to my soul. And it says, I will have this life that I was given today. I will have entire abstinence and a personality change, a transformation, a new life that will continue to build with the continuous action of breaking down my ego. If I establish and maintain that new order of things. It was established in me when I had a sponsor guide and a couple, two or three of what I call my board of director mentors pouring into my life. That in which I came into these rooms as a student to learn, that was established. And then maintaining that exactly every single day without fail. If I'm dozing off in the middle and getting ready to go to bed and my mind is, (gasps) I didn't do something. I'm popping up out of the bed because why? My higher power and this program and your reminders Tell me that if I don't, and I'm not afraid, this is respectful, respectful order of what has been given to me and the debt that I pay back for what I've been given, I get up and I do this drill. What, what are those things? It's the steps. Simple, powerful, effective steps. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Melanie C. Becky K., you are up. Hi, Amy. Thank you for your service, and thank you, everyone. I'm Becky Kay, Recovered uh, Compulsive Overeater from Maryland. And this, these um, two paragraphs really resonated with me. I, um, when I walked into the rooms of, of OA, I, I definitely believed in God, but boy, oh boy, did I believe in myself more. I really thought I knew it all not only about everything, but about myself and, oh, and about you too. (laughs) Uh, So much so that 
my nickname, uh, not surprisingly, was called Boss. And so when I when I came into the rooms, I I still had that sort of Boss nickname, so to speak, um, plastered all over me. And but at the same time, I knew I just couldn't do it anymore. So I had to face the fact that, as step one says, I'm powerless over over food. And as step two says, you know, God God can help. And then step three is, I think I'll let him. But boy, for me to let him is what really resonated me in, in page 14 when it says, this is simple but not easy, and a price had to be paid. This is working the steps. And and I say the word working the steps because you have to work in order to get the freedom. Freedom is not free as we know it. And I had to continually work hard, listen to my fellows, read the big book, and, and also listen to my sponsor. And every day I would have to work on the destruction of self-centeredness is it says right there in black and white on page 14 I had to chip away and start understanding that I I didn't know it all and I I certainly didn't know everything but boy I kicked and screamed you know I I would do something and and I would want to do it my way I didn't want to follow the directions in the big book and I had a sponsor one time to say to me well gee you know how's that working for y'all and I would hang up the phone and say, oh, I hate it when she's right. And it was because I was still holding on to my ego, my self-centeredness, my self-will. And as I continued working these programs and following the big book instructions, especially working with a sponsor, I realized that, that it was hard to let go of the ego. And as the 12 and 12 says, I'll never forget, you know, who wants to admit defeat? I was holding on to my ego because I had this pride. I didn't want to admit defeat. I didn't want food, you know, to to get the best of me. But it was getting the best of me. I was, you know, emotionally, physically, spiritually a wreck because it was getting to me. And then when I realized I just had to let go and let God and, and and do that work that was needed to chip away that ego. Now um, I'm I'm now when people call me boss, it it's really kind of cute. They, they, first of all, they don't call me that anymore as much, but when they do, we laugh because even the people that used to call me that now say, "Wow, you know, you are more open and willing to listen to things and and to others." And and so. I continually work on the destruction of my self-will. It's a daily, daily process because as the big book says, I get a daily reprieve from my disease. But I just have to constantly remind myself that God is in charge and I have to let go and let him. So thank you for letting me share. Thanks for sharing, Becky. Colleen R. Good morning, Colleen R. in Massachusetts, um, currently in Step 9. Uh, thank you so much for your service. I, um, I love this paragraph, and, and sometimes I hear people say love in terms of, of the writing in this book, and it is, it is not that it's new, but because um, I've read it many times, but, 
but my relationship with a higher power that was promised to me in this program. Um, if I followed directions, it did not improvise, um, which is something I love to do. Excuse me, um, which was something my self-centeredness, one shape of it. Um, I feel the fragility and power of what this promise is when we make it to another person. And I remember um, when I was in the food and a fellow, a recovered fellow, saying to me, can you, can you have faith in my experience? Can you hold on to this long enough, to this discomfort you're in now? Um, to follow directions and do these steps, knowing that it will produce a psychic change, that you will be walking with your creator. And um, I was in tremendous psychic pain, and I would return there. And and now my, my job is to lend my experience, as this person did and as my sponsor does. And the vision that came to me reading this today was this misalignment in which I would walk out my door, you know, as if God is my chiropractor and the steps and the principles were my chiropractor, but I refused to have my bones and my spine, everything in place so that I could show up in this world, even to the sidewalk. And and I take my relationship with God that seriously. And when it says we must turn everything over to the Father of light, I look at the word must. And remember how my life in self-will was should. I should do this. I should do that. I should be this. Must is the language of my heart. And must is what I feel when I turn things over to, to God. Um, and sometimes that looks like uh, a call to a fellow, getting on my knees, sitting in the discomfort, silence. Um, it's absolutely applying these steps and knowing that I do not run the show um, that is the beginning of, of turning it over. And I'm ever grateful for this fellowship. Thank you. Thank you, Colleen R. Kathy Joe, you're up. Hi, this is Kathy Joe, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I... Every day I do my 11th step review and share it with a fellow, my 10th step review, I guess it is. Um, And I looked at where I was selfish, where I was self-seeking, where I was dishonest, and where I was fearful. And often, even though I did 10 steps in the middle of my day, I find out there are other things that crept in that are keeping me from my God and from being a part of humanity and community. And this is for me, what this is about for me to have this new relationship with my creator. And it is um, a way big, huge, different way of things to be done. And it doesn't mean that I am horrible and I get beat to a pulp or anything from my higher power and my God as I let God crack my ego and crack my um, huge self-centeredness. But what happens is God ends up 
giving me a whole new life of happiness and beauty that I never imagined. Um, This weekend, I had some kind of situation with work where a coworker was making me not was making me disturbed. So I picked up the phone and I did a 10 step and I made a commitment not to talk about it anymore. And I made a commitment, you know, not to gossip about this coworker, which my old self would have done. And I would have contacted all these people and told them how ridiculous she was being. But I let go and I never dreamed that this would happen. But first thing this morning, it turned around and she has a whole new posture. God took care of it. I didn't have to shake the earth. I didn't have to be in charge. Um, God took it care of it for me. And if God hadn't changed this, I still would be okay today, which is a whole new way to be that I've never been before. And it is so exciting to um, have God continually do that for me and at the same time show me that there's a whole new way to live and learning how to be at peace even if um, the world is not the way that I think it should be, is amazing too. So I'm feeling a lot of gratitude today. God actually turned around a few things this weekend. And um, I'm feeling really grateful in seeing that that is um, the way for me to be happy. It's not to control other people. It is to let God do God's work and change me. Bless them, change me, bless them, change me, and I'll pass. Thank you. One of my favorite sayings. Uh, oops, sorry. Uh, sorry. Thank you, Kathy Joe. Valerie H., you are up, please. Press star one to unmute, Valerie. Here I am. Here I am. Thank you. Uh, This is Valerie, a recovered compulsive overeater and relapse survivor. Um, It's just really magnificent that God directed me to tune in this morning uh, to read these two paragraphs again. Um, I was one to minimize uh, my higher power. I always felt that... uh, that actually uh, God really didn't have any time for my little piddling issues. He was too busy making the sun rise and the, making the weather and, and doing all the, and keeping us from flying out into space. So uh, why would he have time for my little miseries? And um, I tended to do that not in a negative sense, but because my mother used to always tell me lovingly that, uh, you know, be independent. Uh, so I took that independence to the nth degree and attempted to be uh, independent of God, uh, which was totally, uh, you know, now that I, now it's, I can say that it was really crazy. Um, my mother also told me that God helps those who help themselves. And in my disease, I wasn't helping myself. And so God, I figured God wasn't going to help me. And uh, this took uh Many, many years, a lot of relapses, a lot of misery, uh, and, but finally I was able to, with the help of God in these rooms, to turn it over to God and understand that uh, the God of my understanding can do all things, including help me out of what I thought were my little piddling messes. Um, and then finally I would do that, but I, I'd turn it over 
But then I would wrestle it back, and my relationship then became a wrestling match with my higher power. Um, I, you know, I turn it over and try to leave it there. But when things started going right, I'd wrestle it back and say, "Okay, God, I got this now." And of course, down the tube it went, and I would go down that rabbit hole of relapse. Um, today, I have learned that I don't have to take it back. Uh, I have a new relationship with my creator, all right, that would provide me with everything that I need if I just let him handle it and try not to take that control and that self-will. It was in myself. God was in me. I didn't have to search externally, and I did. I searched externally for the God that was out there instead of looking for the God that was in me. And when I discovered to have a relationship with this God that was in me, all right, all right, not out there, uh, I had a whole new relationship. And once that relationship uh, affirmed itself, and it reaffirms itself every single day that I realize that um, all I need to do is to let God handle these things. You know, it's it's a hard price to pay for someone in addiction and, and eating and in the food because it was all about the food. But now I realize that it's not all about the food. It's about, as it says here, the Father of Light that presides over us all and in me. So I'm just grateful today to have had a chance to tune in for the first time in the 10 o'clock meeting to read these two paragraphs. I am truly, truly grateful that I too have established a new relationship with God. And uh, it's a wonderful giving relationship and I don't have to worry. So I thank you so much for letting me share. And this is Valerie in South Jersey. I pass. Thank you, Valerie. And now we're going to just take a break for a word from our sponsors. A Vision for You presents, drumroll please, Power of the Big Book, Convention 2017, September 15th through the 17th at Liberty International Airport Marriott in northern New Jersey. So for all things convention, including the Community Bulletin Board, contact info questions, all of that, check out our website, which is www.avision4u, that's the number four, avision4u.info. And then spread the good news. We'd love to see you there. Okay, back to our regularly scheduled program. Who would like to share on those two paragraphs on page 13 and 14, please? Chime in. Sylvia Sylvia F., and there was someone else? Marie J. Marie J. Wendy M. Morgan G. Wendy M. Morgan G. Myself in there. Anybody else? All right, we're going to go with that group. Sylvia F., Marie J., Wendy M., Morgan G., and Amy G. Go ahead, Sylvia. Uh, Celia, star one to unmute, please. Thank you. I was talking away. 
<laughs> this is Sylvia, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Northern California. And uh, good morning, Amy. Thank you for your service. And good morning, Visionaries. It's so nice to be on the line with you this early Monday morning. Um, this, this meeting is so powerful. I just am so amazed at um, the recovery that I hear on the line, which is why I keep on calling in and have been calling in for, for years because it helps me so much. And what I get out of this, um, these two paragraphs, um, bottom of page 13, top of 14, is that, you know, this, this surrender thing, when I got into program, you know, I was willing. I was willing. I just didn't know how. And that how thing is really quite elusive um, in many ways. And so what it felt like... Um, early on and even as I sponsor now is that if I don't surrender, you know, it's a really two-step process. I've got to get abstinent. I've got to put the plug in the jug. I've got to put my alcoholic foods down. And then I have to surrender. And how do I surrender? And the way it happened and happens on a daily basis is through the steps. You know, I just thought somehow I was supposed to get on my knees and surrender And all of a sudden, I was going to be able to do the impossible, or I was going to have this amazing relationship with God, and it was going to be, you know, all, all, you know, out of out of uh, Cinderella, and there was going to be all kinds of, you know, pixie dust and and lights, and it's just not that way. It hasn't been that way for me. What it is, is that daily surrender through the steps, and so all those step, all these. actions that these steps have me take is towards surrender. And, you know, right in the third step prayer, it it says, you know, basically, who would, asking God, who would he have me be? And what would he have me do on a daily, daily basis? And when I'm feeling, you know, inside of myself backwards, and I'm feeling uncomfortable to stop and pause and go to God and say, okay, what the heck is going on? Because I was so disconnected from myself. I was so disconnected from my emotions. The only emotion I had was, hung, you know, eat. It wasn't even hunger. Had a feeling, eat. And it didn't matter what kind of feeling. So this surrender for me comes from the exact directions that were given in, in, this, uh, in this textbook called uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. And if I do that, I get to live the promises. And so if I keep the food down, you know, God willing, you know, I'm abstinent and I work these steps. The freedom that I have is unbelievable. The neutrality around food, the freedom I have around other people. And what I've really noticed, uh, this is my 12th year of program, seventh year of recovered is what I've really noticed is that I am able to love wholly and fully in a way that I haven't before because I've been able to give of myself. That is new and different for me, and I treasure it. Um, I think with that, I will pass. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you, Sylvia. Marie J., it is your turn. Please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning. This is Marie J., and I'm recovered in Colorado. And this reminds me that uh, having a relationship with God doesn't mean that my life will always be hunky-dory because 
my self-centeredness comes with me every day, every morning I wake up in it. And for a long time in program, I thought that I would get over this thing, the food thing, and I would, I would get recovered and then I would move on. And then as I worked through the program, every, every time I had a breakdown or a relapse or raged at my husband or acted out on some other character defect, I believed that I utterly failed and I was not in a relationship with God and I would never get it. I would never recover and I would never be able to do this right. And it really came down to every time I was human, every time I didn't do something perfectly, I felt utterly failed. But, you know, the truth is that every day I'm going to wake up with this as an addict. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to have to reestablish my relationship with God. You know, the program is simple and it's not easy. And the simple solution is every day I have to work on that relationship with God. Every day I have to look at my self-centered addict and I have to make a choice and I have to decide how I'm going to live my day. And being in a relationship with God is about working the steps. We have the directions. It's very simple. I can choose to live in fear and ego, or I can choose to live with God's guidance and be in service. So this line that says belief in the power of God, plus enough willingness, honesty, and humility to establish and maintain the new order of things were the essential requirements. So first, I have to believe in the power and the power is God. I have to believe that that power is available to me. And then I have to be a willing, honest, and humble participant, knowing that I'm going to show up as an imperfect human being, and I'm going to make mistakes. And maintaining the order of things is committing every day to exercising my muscle, my muscle of practicing my connection with God. And by working the steps and practicing surrender, and also carrying the message with humility, knowing that I'm just an imperfect human being. So being able to carry the message of that practice. So it's simple, but it's not always easy. And I know that if I just stick to what works, I will also live in the promises. I will be happy, joyous, and free. And the good news and the thing that I know is if I can recover, everyone on this line can recover. Thank you. Pass. Thank you, Marie J. Wendy M., your turn. Hi, good morning. It's Wendy M., recovered in Colorado. Glad to be on the line, and thank you so much for everybody's service today. Um, So, oh, boy, here we go. Uh, Destruction of self-centeredness. I think I need that plastered on my head. That's awesome. So here's what I know. Before program, before not before program. I was in program for 16 years um, with nibbles and bites and slips and a whole bunch of self-centeredness. Um, and what I do now is um, just let you know that I didn't even know I was self-centered. I've never even heard of that word before I got into program. So the that, just that in and of itself was a miracle. I also heard when I first got into um working in big book, um, is that the book is about the death of self and the death of food. And when I hear death of self, I'm very interested because I've been self-centered my entire life. I was never helpful. I was never interested in the other person. I was only interested in what I could do, what how I could get ahead, what was good for me. Um, I 
joke, but it's true. People were messy. They got in my way. I had stuff to do. So, you know, move aside. And, um, and I have to say, and this is true in school, especially in middle school, high school, people knew my name and I never knew their name. And there was no reason to know their name. I, that was uh, irrelevant to me. Um, but I noticed it. Even when I was younger, I noticed, um, I noticed that was the case. I also noticed that I was a user. What can I get from you? What can I get from them? I hung out with people only because they were useful to me. They could help me get grades on a test or, you know, score high on an AP exam. Um, and so I, I never, ever did it for other people. Um, this is embarrassing to say, but I ran for student body president, student body treasurer, student body, and I absolutely adored the attention. And I joke that I'm a compulsive attention getter, but it's not really a joke. It's actually part of my inventory. And it's something I'm working on to this day is wanting to be center stage. Literally, I'm a performer, and I, the director has to tell me, Wendy, other people get a chance too. You need to move back and not be in the center all the time. Um, so, you know, it's kind of the same. Now, the difference today is that I'm useful and that I'm of service, and I love it. My sponsor promised me I would love sponsoring, and I thought, no, no, no. Now when the phone rings, the phone rang all weekend for some reason, and I picked up that phone or I called the person back almost immediately, and it feels unbelievable to be useful. It is an unbelievable gift of this program. It's absolutely wonderful. I'm divorced from self-pity. I have freedom from self-will. When I'm, when I'm thinking about other people, I feel fabulous. When I'm thinking about Wendy, I don't feel so good. I don't feel so good at all. I was um, at a party this weekend, and I thought, ugh, I don't want to be here, right? And then God was like, ask somebody else how they're doing, and close your mouth, just listen. And the minute I did that, boom, I was of service, and I felt unbelievable. It's it's all God, and it's all magic, and it's incredibly esteemable, and I'm so grateful, so grateful to be, to have this, and the destruction of self this is fabulous. Thank you. Thank you, Wendy M. Morgan G., your turn. Hi, this is Morgan G. Um, I'm a compulsive overeater, and... Um, I just wanted to say that several people have talked about, you know, the gratitude that they feel today. And um, today it's been, um, well, it's been 28 days since I started my food abstinence. And, um, you know, it's, it was really, really difficult because my husband's also a compulsive overeater who is, you know, do, trying to do it on his own, you know, and, um, you know, and so I'm, it, it, it's been rough as far as, um, sorry, I have kids screaming in the background. Um, it's been rough as far as, you know, separating myself, you know, and, and, you know, he's doing his thing and I'm doing my thing and everything. But, um, you know, as I've worked through the steps with a sponsor and um, really taken that, that leap that, um I think someone said, you know, making the choice to believe that, that, you know, God has something different. God, God will change what's going on. My status quo right now, which doesn't work for me, which is killing me. Um, you know, that, and it's true, you know, I've, um, 
you know, I struggled. I, I've been in another 12-step program, um, you know, uh, not, uh, so to speak, religiously, but, um, you know, I, I just recently started it back up and I, I decided to take the plunge into OA as well. And, um, you know, it's just been, um, you know, the past few days as I since that, you know, my my sponsor has told me, um, you know, sometimes the the way you can help somebody is just to keep your mouth shut. And sometimes that's the hardest thing in the world, you know, and that's whenever I need God. But God's shown me that if I can do that, if I can just do a little bit, um, that I can see changes and, and I'm already seeing changes, you know, um, I, obviously I can see changes in my, my physical appearance and everything, but something that I've really come to realize that's so much more important to me is, um, the changes inside of me, the way that I feel, um, you know, that if that changes, then my entire life is going to change and I can already see it changing. It's happening in just this little amount of time. And it's all just um, making the choice to uh, believe time. that God will change. Um, thank you so much. I'm very grateful for all of you today. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you, Morgan. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. This, this paragraph is so powerful. Actually, these, you know, these two pages, 13 and 14, I mean, let's review. We're taking a trip through the steps here with Bill. It's incredible. It says earlier up in the page, okay, step one, I was separated from alcohol. He admitted his powerlessness. He was willing to be accountable to be separated from his alcohol. Very humbly offered himself to God. You know, step three. And then he met with his schoolmate. I became fully, and he became fully acquainted with my problems and my deficiencies. Four, five, six, and seven. Uh, we made a list of people we had hurt, to whom we had felt resentment, and the entire willingness to approach these individuals, admitting my wrongs. Eight and nine. And then he used to test his God consciousness. And then down to this paragraph are the promises. You know, the promises of what that is to test our God consciousness. He's working on ten and eleven. And then on page fourteen, he's going to talk about helping others on page, on uh, page fourteen, step twelve. Hmm. It says here in our big book that the recovery is contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. And so as he tests God consciousness, as I do that on a daily basis by working these steps, especially 10, 11, and 12, I find out that I have a new way of living that it talks about here that is an answer to all my problems. Now, are all my problems going to go away? No, it doesn't say I won't have any problems, but now I become equipped with my relationship with a higher power to now have the answer, which is to press into my higher power, which is to use my network, which is to be accountable, which is to work my steps. I mean, before I had one option. I call it option reduction. You know, with my response, my reaction to life was to eat. That was my reaction to life. I'm a compulsive overeater. But now through the process of simple but I'm not easy and putting the footwork in, being willing, billing, being honest, all of those things that it mentions here, willingness, honesty, and humility, I'm now equipped with an answer to life situations, to life on life terms that will bring me peace, serenity, and acceptance, contentment, and a life beyond my wildest imagining. And then this whole thing about destruction of self-centeredness, to me, when I see self-centeredness, I see a four-letter word. I see pride. 
And that try needed to go out the window with step one. And you can hear that throughout this entire page 13 where he had to let go of his pride and get humble. And that's what I needed to do. I needed to make a choice that only I could make, which was to surrender and work this program. And it talks about it and how it works. If some of these steps we balked, we thought we could find an easier, softer way. I had to not balk, ever. I had to be accountable. I had to be humble. And I had to be willing to work these steps. And then I get all of these promises and a life beyond my wildest imaginations and a way to deal with life on life terms when the problems do come out. What an incredible program. What incredible promises. I could have never imagined that. All I wanted to do when I first came into the program was to stop binging my brains out. And yet I get that and all of this so much more. And with that, I'll pass. Who else would like to share? We've got a few more minutes. About two shares, actually. Sherry KB. Sherry KB, you're on. And who else? Reggie O. Reggie O. Let's go with that. Sherry KB, you're up. Thank you. Good morning. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, grateful recovering. <clears throat> Hi, um, Amy G. Thank you so much for your uh, service. And um, thank you. Good morning, everybody. I'm so grateful to be on this line. I'm actually driving um, to the hospital. My husband had a heart attack yesterday. And, you know, all I think of is, God, show me what you want me to do. Show me what's the next right thing to do. And I, I, am, I can't tell you the difference in because of working this program, working these steps, uh, living in 10, 11, and 12, um, asking for power, what do you want me to be? Show me what you'd have me do. Show me what you'd have me be has made such a difference in me. Um, There's an added component here um, that's going on as well, a a personality mood swing uh, with my husband plus the heart attack. And I never thought I'd get through this. Um, And I don't think through it. And I know my higher power is taking care of me. I feel the nearness of my higher power. And um, I'm just the next right thing. And that that is amazing in itself to me. and I'm just so grateful for this program. I'm so grateful I was taken through this book. I was so grateful that um, I, I found a new way of living that, you know, I had, I had no idea how self-centered I was because I wasn't God-centered. I was Sherry-centered and trying to do everything my way. And I just keep putting one foot in front of the other and asking God what's the next right thing for me to do. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sherry KB. Our prayers go out to you, hon. Reggie O, you are up. Thank you. Uh, well, good morning, everybody. Uh, I, boy, I am so great, grateful to be on this meeting this morning. This is a, the, the readings we've been doing have just been very, very moving. What, a, what, a, what an amazing way to start the day. <clears throat> and uh, even though I started a long time ago, it's a great way to go out into the world, I'll tell you. Um, my friend promised when these things were done, I would enter upon a new relationship with my my creator. And, oh, that just touches me so deeply. You know, this, this says, you know, that when I do the work of the steps, what's here, that I, that, that's, that's, the, that's a promise. That's what I get. And, you know, uh, that, is a, that is a personality change. That is a spiritual awakening, that new relationship with my creator who, you know, as several people have said here today, what would you have me do? What would you have me be? Uh, I have a way of living that answers all my problems. And, and it is the steps. And ultimately, it is, you know, that, that uh, God is the center. And that's, that's my primary go-to. 
uh, of for everything, you know. And I had this just a very sweet, uh, beautiful experience of that this morning. I had <clears throat> all of these things in front of me, and it's like it's trying to, you know, plan my time, and I was trying to plan my time and how I was going to do the morning. And I thought, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't have to, <clears throat> I don't really have to put so much effort into this, you know. God, what would you have me do next? And um, <clears throat> And, you know, it just came. Uh, I mean, it just came. It was like, okay, do this, and and I did, and it was it was just so simple, and it took the the complexity and the you know the whatever might else have been completely out of it, and uh, and here I am, you know, and I believe in the power of God plus enough willingness, honesty, and humility to establish and maintain the new order of things. You know, that new relationship with my Creator, and and when I have a new relationship with my Creator, I have a I def, it's a new relationship with other human beings and uh, other people in my life and, and, and with myself. I used to think that there was a place to get to, you know, I would, I would reach this, <laughs> I would reach this <clears throat> plateau, this highest plateau of life. And I, you know, the work would be done and I could just glide on, you know, and uh, I was always so disappointed when that wasn't the case. And um, now, you know, it's, this way of life, it's just continuing this way of life, you know, this, this, which it talks about, this new order and, and how we get to that new order and we continue it and to, uh, continue that new order. And, you know, that's a glorious way to live. I mean, it really is a glorious way to live. And, and no matter what we're faced with or what I'm faced with on a daily basis, there are, there, there is an answer to it. You know, there is an answer to it. And, you know, that, <clears throat> Uh, the price, the destruction of self-centeredness, that used to terrify me. And it really, I, a lot of times, for a long time in program, you know, self-centeredness, I, I let go of my self-centeredness, what's going to become of me, who's going to take care of me. I had such a habit of, you know, I have to do it, I have to get. And, you know, there was a lot of control and manipulation that went along with that, which was, you know, it just, it doesn't feel good. It may feel like I have to do this, but, you know, it just doesn't feel good. And it's... Uh, a lot of the shoulds, it's like living with a lot of the shoulds. And I love what somebody pointed out this morning about the must, you know, and uh, and I'll just finish with the must. The must is something comes from inside me about what I, mu- you know, what I must do. And that is the new order of things. And that's turning to God for everything. So thank you. Um, it's great to be here with all of you. Thank you, Reggie O. And thank you so much to everyone who shared. I'd like to thank our readers and uh, Meg F., Becky K., Wendy F. for being a backup, Libby E., Maura Z., and, of course, all those who have shared today. What a wonderful meeting. Thank you. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Becky K. please read A Vision for You? Yes. Thank you, Amy. I'm Becky K., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Maryland. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who still is sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't gotten. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the records of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit 
and you will surely meet some, some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until 